Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet getting on a spaceship to escape the coronavirus. Mm. We're going to the moon. That's not really a joke, this, though. This intro is not going to age well. Yeah, it's in Dallas. Somebody's listening to this in 2024 and they're like, what's a coronavirus? <laughs> <laughs> it's the Noobs and the Whovian. My name is Austin. I'm the Whovian and these are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're, we're the Noobs. And this is the podcast introducing a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before and, and two, two sons, sons who haven't. haven't. So I got a little tripped up. Don't worry about it. Welcome to episode 94. <laughs> uh, ha, ha. I see what you did there. Ha, ha. Ke- uh, it's not always about you, son. <laughs> well, Welcome to we episode number trip. 94, covering series 7, episode 2, Dinosaurs on a Spaceship. So that answers yes. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler. This is the one where the Doctor, Amy, Rory, and Rory's dad team up with John Riddell and Queen Nefertiti, or Nephi to her friends, to save some dinosaurs on a spaceship. Remember that one? It's uh, story number 227. Originally airing September 8th, 2012 to, it just keeps getting more complicated, so I'm going to call it 9.4 global, sorry, 9.4 million global viewers <laughs> through the month 4. of September. Just 9.4. Throughout yes, all 9. of September. 9.4 viewers. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah, we basically. Like cut someone into just... Yes, 0.4 of a person. They only yeah. watched half the episode that's what it is oh yes yes. exactly uh this one was written by chris chibnall chibs to his friends uh he is the (laughs) current showrunner that's seriously what jody whitaker calls him she calls him chibs Chibs. i I love it Mm. i love it she said that in 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 an interview and apparently i guess it wasn't like a thing yet so she was like i was so i was talking to chibs uh that's that's what we call (laughs) chris chibnall and i was like Wow. Uh, All right. I think it's just you, actually. <laughs> That's <laughs> what be. we told uh, This was directed by Saul Metstein, or Metstein. Um, he did Pond Life. So he did uh, that series of short uh, little in-between calls, or what, what you might call them, as well as several other upcoming episodes. So we'll be hearing his name a few more times this season. Particularly, he did The Name of the Doctor, which is the episode episode right before the 50th anniversary. So he has, and this, this guy, like he did pond life was his first thing. And then he's like all over series seven. So, um, I think he does the next one. Miscellaneous trivia. This episode features the series second time. And by series, I mean the whole show, not, not, not series seven, Mm -hmm. but for the show for new who, um, are actually the entirety of, of Dr. Who. This features the second time the doctor has kissed a male companion. The first time, <laughs> the second time, yeah, the yeah. first one was Captain Jack, and nine, right? It was like right when they were fighting the Daleks, right before the end of the last episode, or something like that. I think so. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. Yeah, it was getting on in time. However, unlike that charming little moment, this one was completely improvised by Matt Smith. Oh you could see goodness. it on Rory's which face, which I love. Yeah, because when I read that fact and I replayed it in my mind, it was very unplanned like you can see like matt smith like kind of missed his mouth at the beginning Mm -hmm. it was a little bit off target and and awkward and all what i want to know is was it improvised in that take that ended up in the episode because if so arthur darvel's like rolling with it was stunning (laughs) because the way he he reacted as rory would 100 react in that moment just kind of Uh, uh, just like what happened here if he uh, did that in uh, the heat of the moment without breaking a bit that would be amazing amazing. and and like i said matt smith's grabbing him and trying to plant one on him looked (laughs) 
very awkward and very <laughs> yeah. not planned out. Unexpected. So it seems like that's what happened. It would be funny happened, if you, so. like, mentioned, huh, oh, I've only done that once before or something. And then, like, started. Huh? Well, I mean, for the if doctor. the doctor mentioned, oh, I've only ever oh, done if that he said something, before. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was that was just a fantastic moment. So, uh, man, lots of notes on the cast this week. So first of all, we have the introduction of Brian Williams, uh, Rory's dad, played interestingly enough by Mark Williams, mm. who uh, the eagle-eyed noobs here recognized as Ron Weasley's dad, um, and he is currently playing a character named Father Brown on a show called Father Brown on the <laughs> BBC. And, uh, so I've not seen that, but I, it's a, it's a show title that I know. I didn't realize it was Mark Williams, um, playing in that. So, uh, we had Solomon. He was the, uh, the bad guy of the week this week played by David Bradley, who we've talked about. Uh, Oh, wait a minute. Hang on. Nope. I'm getting ahead of myself here. We haven't, we have talked about it, but we haven't released that episode yet. <laughs> so we're remembering the future here. Uh, David Bradley played Argus Filch in Harry Potter. Um, he also played Walder Frey. I hope I'm saying that right in Game of Thrones. And um, I, my note here just says we just might see him again around the Hooniverse. So to hint, hint, hint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, the Whovians out there know exactly what and, I'm talking uh, about. By we, you mean the viewers because we've already seen them yes i mean just all of us yes we we may see him around and actually other stuff that y'all haven't even seen yet so uh Hmm. hall the silurian on the recording was played by richard hope now if he looked or sounded familiar and the name sounds familiar it's because he also was the same actor who played the silurian dr maloke so you guys were like costume and actor apparently because you guys were like wait a minute is that completely it was the same actor no was it supposed to be the same person this this silurian was named blatall and i don't even know if we got that in the episode or just in the credits but um so so maloke was you know living under the earth right this guy, Blaytall, got on the ship that left the planet. So apparently the Silurians had like a two, two-fold plan or maybe different parts of, of the race had different plans or whatnot. So some of them some. burrowed down into the Earth to try and survive what they thought was a collision with the moon. And then some of them apparently built a space arc, put a bunch of animals on it, which at the time would have been a bunch of dinosaurs, and flew off into space. So... Uh, it was not the same Silurian. It was the same actor. This is, however, we've seen this done before, right? Because in that episode where we had, or excuse me, and this is now the third time we've seen this actor because he uh, appeared briefly as Maloke in uh, The Wedding of River Song. Y'all remember that? Uh, he yeah, was the doctor so. to Winston Churchill. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. But the first time we saw him was in uh, The Hungry Earth and Cold Blood. Which, uh, Cold Blood? Was that the second part of that? I think so. I think it was The Hungry Earth yeah. and Cold Blood. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, at any rate, it was, um, we had a similar thing there where we had the same actress who played two female Silurians. Y'all remember that? Yeah, The one yeah. who died. They were supposed to be sisters. Were they? Which is- well, that was the thing is they weren't, they weren't sisters. They were from the same gene chain is what mm-hmm. they talked about then. And then we get mention of that again in this episode where in order to fly, in order to pilot oh, the ship, you had to have two of the same gene chain. So the fact that they they used Richard Hope again kind of fits within the universe because it's totally normal 
to have Silurians, to see multiple Silurians who are basically identical because of whatever it means that they're in the same gene chain. I don't know if that was explored more in Classic Who. Like, is it cloning or is it just some sort of thing about when their the biology? Got cloned. That was a completely different episode. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna... saying, but like, he got cloned, so maybe they could clone things. Yeah. 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 Cool story, bro. <laughs> Uh, what? <laughs> uh, then we had John R- uh, Riddell or Rydell. Was it Rydell? Riddell. John Riddell. Riddell. Why are you asking? I don't, cause you watched the episode with me. <laughs> um, he was played by Rupert Graves. And, uh, the reason I brought him up was he plays Inspector Lestrade in Sherlock where, so, you know, we're, we're always pointing out these Sherlock, uh, connections here, uh, particularly because that show was created by Stephen Moffat and Mark Gaddis. So here you have a, uh, a Stephen Moffat, uh, well, it's not a Stephen Moffat episode. He didn't write it, but as the showrunner who brought in uh, an actor from another show that he worked on. So, you know, we see that kind of thing all the time. And then lastly, you had the two robots. Now, you guys wouldn't have picked up on this probably. Um, the two guys that were voicing the robots are a comedy, a UK comedy duo called Mitchell and Webb. And they had... Um, uh, you guys, I've shown you all some clips of Fry and Laurie. Y'all remember them? Um, uh, no. no. Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie. Anyways, it's they're just they're another comedy duo that do, does like skits, uh, like skit shows, mm-hmm. and um, so they they are like super famous, and their voices are like as soon as you hear them, you recognize who who they are, um, and everything. So that was this was just like a star studded extravaganza of an episode and i'm and i was wondering and i didn't see anything on the wikia that really talked about this but i wondered i was like man what was going on that they were like let's have this mega episode where all the famous we're gonna people. bring in a gang you know like yeah. we're gonna have like all these people in the tardis and had a gang before. <laughs> yeah exactly um and for some reason this episode we're gonna have like a, a famous big game hunter and you know the queen nefertiti because <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was it was just kind of interesting. So, um, and to my knowledge, if I remember correctly, I hope this isn't too much of a spoiler. We're not going to really see them again. Like, apparently, he had some adventures with John Riddell uh, because you know when he showed up, it was obviously him showing back up, and he just got done saving the day in Egypt with with Nephi. Um, but this like it's just kind of one off, like special guest star, and there you go. So, kind of interesting. I guess I should have left that for the theory section, but that's okay. What? Oh, good wow, job, Dad. Thanks, Dad. We don't have to make a comment about it for us. whether or not every single actor is ever going to return. You know, <laughs> we don't. Have to, what do you guys think? Is Solomon coming back? What do you guys oh, think? Maybe he survived. Is unnamed <laughs> pedestrian number two going to come back? <laughs> exactly. Guys, Noobs in the Hooping is brought to you by R5 Website Management, where you can get your hosting, domain, registra- <laughs> domain registration, and security at a great price. Uh, as always, guys, we've got a special deal for Noobs in the Hoobians listeners and those lucky enough to know one. Use the code Noobs at checkout for 15% off your entire order. So you can go over there, get your domain registered or transferred if you've got it uh, registered somewhere. By the way, our prices are great. We usually beat out uh, just about anybody else as far as domain registration. So you can transfer it over there. You can move your hosting. Or if you're starting from scratch, you can get a website builder and do the whole thing yourself. Make sure that whatever you do, you throw as much of it in the cart as you want and then use the code at checkout for 15% off of your entire order. So that brings us down to the checklist. Name of the episode spoken in dialogue, Corbin? Yup. <laughs> That's literally yep. what I wrote in the notes there. Yep. Exactly how it's 
spelled. Yeah, because I mean, it was like, like five. I think it was here. spoken in dialogue in the trailer for the next time. Yeah, like <laughs> like last it's week dinosaurs. we heard it. on a spaceship. Yeah, we actually heard that last time. Uh, the creature of the week, I guess, would be dinosaurs. So, yeah. uh, or the Cylons. robots really. and kind of Cylons. I mean, they showed up briefly, um, yeah, did nothing. Yeah. The robots were there. The Is robots. That a creature, though? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. They were, they were fun, but I mean, we don't even know what they're called. They were literally just <laughs> called robots. All we know yeah. is they're cheap and they're voiced by a couple of British comedians. So. We used to move faster. Uh, so, sp- yeah. So, speaking of the dinosaurs, our CGI uh, entry on the checklist this week, the CGI Velociraptors. Uh, those were pretty good. Yeah, those are actually yeah. pretty good. One of the things I was thinking through this episode was like, okay, the presumably animatronic T-Rex laying on the floor was amazing. Oh, yeah, that <laughs> yeah. was good. Like, that right? was really well Whoa. done. And then you had the velociraptors that we saw like one of them walking slow and then we saw multiple of them rushing in and getting, you know, stun gunned and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So they were really, really high caliber. And the Wikia pointed out, that um, on the air at the same time, there was a BBC show called Primeval that featured, among other dinosaurs, velociraptors. They actually used those dinosaurs for this episode of Doctor Who. Oh, wow. So part of the reason that you could have such high-dollar dinosaurs in this episode is they kind of didn't have to pay for them. <laughs> like, I mean, yes, they had to animate them for their particular scenes, but they were already built, which is half the battle right there. So. Uh, so, uh, BBC using their, their resources to get some stuff done. Uh, bow ties are cool. Nothing, nothing about bow ties or hats this week. Was there? I don't think so. Yeah. Nothing, nothing this week. Uh, we did get a Geronimo as he jumped on Tricy the Triceratops, which is the most uninspired nickname for an animal I've ever heard. Uh, so that brings us our running count up to 10 total. Uh, stuff the doctor loves. I'm going to look at rocks. Love a rock. <laughs> You love rocks, what? Doctor? What? what don't you love it? This I, well, you know, yeah, pretty much just anything. So under uh, Jiggery Pokery, we had the weirdest thing the psychic paper has ever done. And it has done some weird stuff. It made a notification sound. Like a, yeah, <laughs> totally just a clown horn. I mean, first of all, that it made a notification sound as though it were a cell phone. Yeah. And then secondly, that, yes, it was a clown horn. Um, Trip, you, you did a surprisingly good uh, clown horn. Of all the ringtones, Doctor, you chose a clown horn. Yeah, exactly. And it had the notification sound go off because he had it, quote, set to temporal news. So that's like, what, having a Google News alert? Like, so here's my thing. Like, <laughs> a Google time. News alert would be like if you set it to, hey, I want to I wanna get an email anytime someone writes about noobs in the Whovian. Like that's a thing you can do. You can set up a Google mm-hmm. alert. So if you're obsessive about following yourself or some other topic, uh, then you can you can <laughs> get a notification about that. So that's kind of what he had, but he had it set to temporal news. So like, Time what was news? the news? What is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like well, I mean, the thing the, that happened in the past happened. Wouldn't you think that that meant that thing would be going off nonstop yeah. all day long, every day for all of eternity because it's saying, yeah, like Corbin said, something that happened, happened. Amazing. Like, <laughs> like just all day long, that thing's going off. Um, so at any rate, he just kind of glossed over that. But I thought that was that when it, when it happened, I was like, hold on, like rewind. What just yeah, happened? Yeah, rewrite. 
Like we rewound it a couple of times. Yeah, that's a tough phrase to say. We rewound it. We rewound it. We re woo woo woo. Uh, needless <laughs> sacrificial you turn into like a child. <laughs> we I don't know. We we woo woo. Uh, no needless sacrificial deaths, just Solomon's, uh, which we'll talk about later on. No uh, jibberty jabberty, nothing, nothing arc wise, nothing about the silence, the question, uh, none no, of it. yeah, n- none of the other stuff really. So the the this back is half of the checklist, one off episode where we can put dinosaurs because on a spaceship and then uh, have to blow it up at the end or whatever. Kill them. Uh, did what did they? Did they the wait a minute. Wait, no, no. He sent the missiles against the, yeah, other the ship. Flew up the yeah, the guy. missiles blew up. Solomon. What did they? What happened they to the never ship? Ended up. What did they do with the ship? Yeah, there was what no pilot. The They're just ship? like, and now we're gonna leave. What? What did they do? With well, the ship? it was on a course for Earth. So yeah, but they veered it off. Remember that was the whole thing about them being of the same genetic chain, Brian and Rory. Yeah, yeah they veered so it they, off, what and then they're like, and now we're gonna go somewhere else. Yeah. Huh, that is a loose end. <laughs> so apparently, so, apparently other injured, stuff a, we noticed. a wave-powered uh, little sphere thing full of earthbound dinosaur, or excuse me, Terran dinosaurs is just floating around the solar system now, I guess? Or what do we deal with that? Anywho, uh, so that brings us down to who's who. So first of all, who is Brian? Uh, would you say that Brian had one of the shortest roller coaster rides or or non-eventful roller coaster rides I know. of like like he didn't really freak out about the TARDIS materializing around him. Yeah, like he's in the living room on a ladder and the next thing he knows he's like in a TARDIS. Well yeah, he's just in this room. Yeah. And then when he walks out of the room, he's it's, in some other place. And it's the room is smaller than it looks like from the inside. And he's just like yeah, whatever. Yeah, he okay. didn't even have a chance to, to freak out about the smaller on the inside because he started out inside it, which makes him the second person after Donna. So um, he, it's explained to him that he's in space and that his son and daughter-in-law have been traveling through space and time. That just sort of rolls off his back. Like, now there are like, yeah, dinosaurs <laughs> and there are aliens and, there, you know, it's like all these kinds of things. And he's like, uh, okay, then. all right. Yeah, like he Especially when like... It's like, oh no, he never travels. He doesn't do right. anything but golf and like yeah. go to the grocery store exactly. for, you know, salad, whatever. I don't know. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> for salad. That's all you but do. Th- that's the thing is like, it, there was, there was no real, no real freak out moment. Maybe this is what he thinks was, normal life is like. He just <laughs> doesn't just even missing it all home. Maybe it's just that we didn't, we just didn't have time. Like, yeah. like we, we had to spend we time introducing. traveling to Italy. Huh? Yeah, we were traveling through uh, time. Yeah, yeah. They huh. they had to spend time that like makes sense. introducing Nefertiti and John Riddell yeah. and Solomon and the yeah. whole story with the Silurians. I'm like we we covered a lot of ground, so maybe there just wasn't time for Brian to freak out. So let's just make him the most like calm, level headed <laughs> character that we've ever seen. So mm. um he carries a foldable trowel. That was that was pretty awesome. He says to Rory, What kind of man doesn't carry a trowel? Like, you uh, you carry what? a trowel, I carry a med pack. That's right, yeah. Now, I've heard people say what kind of a man doesn't carry a pocket knife or a Which multi-tool more or a screwdriver or something like that, but a trowel? Like a yeah, garden right. spade, basically? Like you have a <laughs> Actually, foldable, a foldable, no doubt, foldable uh, shovel in your pocket. 
Well, I mean, he doesn't go anywhere except for a golf course every time. You don't need a shovel at a golf course. He does, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Dig it out of the sand. He has it. It's like, actually, this trowel has scissors on the end, a knife blade on one side, a bottle cap open That would be hilarious, yeah. A compass in the handle or something like that. That's what it would be if it was made in, like, America. Because you just have to cram everything in. That's right. Yeah, I love the line. Uh, Brian Pond, you are delicious. To which Brian does not respond at all to you are delicious. He says, "I'm not a pond." <laughs> Such a weird and character. I didn't you even notice delicious. that. I, yeah, I was thinking about that. I didn't even notice that he called him Brian Pond. I thought that was hilarious. I'm not a pond. Um, he uh, he did get to do some traveling with the doctor though. In the end, I thought that was a really. A really neat just, little just tag on the end of the tea. episode. Well, yeah. no, yeah, he. There's he something was, I want to see first. <laughs> like that's the most British thing ever. That's right. He hangs Eat out the lunch. door of the TARDIS, swinging his feet in the universe, looking at Earth, which, by the way, the Wikia pointed out was backwards. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, but he, yeah, he's just sitting there drinking some tea and eating a sandwich, and yeah, definitely just just, just low key. But then apparently after. The pawns got dropped off. Uh, Brian got to go on a few little adventures, including going all the way back to hmm. uh, apparently Siloria, which is where the Silurians are from. Goes back to what you were saying, which Gordon, is about just Earth, Vulcans from it? Vulcan. Um, well, I mean, I don't, I don't, this I don't know. I don't know if Siloria refers totally to totally not cropped in. This is me, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. I don't know if Siloria refers to a specific area or if that's what they called the planet. I don't. I. I. Lord. I have no response to that. I, I thought know. he drew that and he like made that up or something. It could be because yeah, that whole thing was like pencil sketch. Yeah. So which doesn't make any sense really, but. And I was like, like presumably it only they could have brought a camera. It but. only has dinosaurs in it. Uh, yeah, no Silurians. That yeah. was interesting. So you know, I love this is what Siloria looks like because there's dinosaurs in a spaceship with Silurians. Obviously, so. no <laughs> Love in uh, sci-fi shows, though, when we call ourselves Terrans and we come from Terra, that just means Earth. Terra means Earth in, like, <laughs> Greek or something, right? Uh, Latin. Latin. Yeah. It's Why don't we just call ourselves Earthians? Doesn't sound Earth- cool or Earthians. Something. That sounds Earthians. terrible. Yeah, but if we said it in all the sci-fi shows, well, it wouldn't sound terrible. It's it, normal. No, it objectively would. But no. uh, for, for a long time, we were Earthlings. In sci-fi, when it would be like the Martians invading, they would call us Earthlings. But that sounds too diminutive. You know, that sounds too insulting and and condescending. So So why don't we just say Earthians? Well, that sounds so terrible. No, if you said it for Earthers, people would get used to it. I like Terrans. We add add I-A-N-S to the end of like any names. I know, and Earthian just doesn't work well with that. Gallifreyan. Saturns. Uh, we really didn't design our planets well Sat- for that sort of Saturnian? thing. Saturnian? What would that be? Plutoan. Jupiterian. <laughs> Not a planet. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> Ju- Jupiterian. Actually, I think that's Plutonians. Plutonians? Ooh, I like that. That actually sounds pretty cool. You gotta add just as many letters as I'm possible. I'm a Plutonian. <laughs> All right, so who is Rory? Uh, because of the shenanigans with his dad getting sucked into an adventure... Uh, by the way, super lucky that uh, it did that he did, as it turns out, because we needed two people from the same gene chain. Yeah, so that was convenient that that happened. Wink, wink. Rory is the first and so far only person to have traveled in the TARDIS with both a parent and a child. 
their parent and their child because he's traveled with River and now he's traveled with Brian. So we've had, you know, Rose travel with her mom. We've had, um, I'm trying to think, is there anybody else who's traveled with their child? I don't think anyone else has even had a kid. Yeah, Amy and Rory. Um, Yeah, that's, that's what I'm trying to think. But it definitely makes him the only person to have ever done both. So that's... That's Donna score one for Rory. Travel with someone with um, Wilf. I don't even know if Wilf was ever in the TARDIS with her. Was Wilf ever in the TARDIS? He went in the TARDIS because yes, he, went he with did the because right, yeah. But Donna but I don't think he was ever with Donna. There. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. So uh, let's see. Oh, my notes uh, moved around or something here. Oh, that was me. Sorry. Yeah, stop it, would you? Well, uh, yeah. So we already mentioned earlier. Remember after the wedding when Amy and I went traveling. And, and Brian says, to Thailand. And to he Thailand. says, more like all of time and space. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, that's kind of broad. Right uh, he's 31. So we, we get a definitive age here. He's 31. Oh, and doesn't have a Christmas list anymore. And as Trip <laughs> mentioned earlier, he carries a med pack instead of a trowel. I thought that was one of the coolest tiny character uh, developments so far. I mean, he's a nurse. He's a nurse. So it makes sense that he's carrying a med pack. More than a trowel. Yeah. He adds in that as they travel, he keeps his eyes out for cool stuff. Yeah. So like he's got the little ice pack thing. Which which we need. We need to get those. That would be pretty cool. Okay. And then he had, um, and I did think it was interesting. He was like, you know, here's a a painkiller or whatever. And I'm like, how do you define something cool? Because that kind of looked like, I don't know, a needle full of medicine. So like to this say this hurt. is, yeah, yeah. And he I goes, lied. this won't hurt. Stick out. I lied. Now it I, won't hurt. I mean, it is pretty cool if it works in like three Well, seconds. that's true. I guess it, I guess it was very fast acting, but you would have thought that they would have had like a Star Trek hypo spray type thing. What you was know? the point of the ice pack if he injected him with painkiller? Swelling? Yeah. I don't know. Duh. But I, I just, I love the idea that wherever they go, Rory is checking out the medical technology. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's uh, that's that's perfect. Sure. Ooh, that's I cool. I want one that's, of those, please. <laughs> yes, I'll take twelve of those. Uh, so, who is Amy? She is a queen. Uh, Nefertiti says, "Are you a queen?" And she says, "Yes, yes, I am." And then uh, you, later on, are you Rory's says, queen? "Yes, are you are you Rory's queen?" And she says, "Yes, uh, 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 wife, wife. <laughs> don't please don't ever tell him that I said <laughs> that I'm his queen. He'll never let me live it down." Um, I love the bit where she's got her own companions. Did you notice that? No, yeah, it was it was really subtle. All right, so you remember where she's kind of hacking the computer, and or uh-huh. she wasn't hacking; she was just using the computer. And it's this whole thing of uh, I've been around the doctor to know long enough. When you enter a room, start pressing buttons, right? <laughs> so this is kind of like this is kind of like that episode where Rose stepped out of the TARDIS, and the doctor set like rattled off a bunch of facts. Yeah. <laughs> so then when whoever it was, Mickey or the other guy or whatever got off the thing, she was like, oh, yes, well, obviously, because of the, the rumble in the floor, we're on a ship and yeah. blah, blah, blah. It's kind of like that, except it's genuine. Like, Amy like is on her own, and she's just rolling with it and doing stuff. And at some point, um, Nephi and John start going back and forth. They're kind of going at it. And Amy says, oh, don't start flirting. I won't have flirting companions. <laughs> She called them compa- so. All of a sudden, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" You have this. You have this little this couple of scenes where Amy is the experienced traveler through space and time with these two companions that are the ones that have to get caught up on everything. 
So she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Silurians, they do this, they do that, blah, blah, blah. Here's all the things that I know, right? <laughs> so I thought that was a, that was a great moment. And, and then we have the bit where uh, she says, um, uh, I'm, I, what was it? John, John Riddell said this is kind of a two-man job. And she picks up a gun and he says, what are you doing? She says, I'm easily worth two men. You can help too if you like. I love that line. Amazing. <laughs> I love Amy just like, put you in your place. There's also another bit later on where he says, you know what I could use or what I, or what I really want. And she said, a lesson in gender politics. <laughs> it was like, Hello. Um, so that brings us down to who is the doctor. Um, he, unlike Rory, does still have a Christmas <laughs> list. I thought that was great. He, he, like, I spin, do. he spins around with his hands up. I do. That's right. Yeah. Um, he played Fantasia and F minor for four hands as hands three and four. So this is two episodes in a row now. Yeah. That we have heard a recording of classical music only to find out the doctor is in that recording. His music skills are increasing. He went uh, from yeah. triangle to piano. To, yeah, to piano. Uh, very Wait, uh, quite complicated. He, in uh, like a place. movie, he was one of the dudes and he ran up to the camera and like waved and then like ran back over whatever to yeah, try it was and get a, it Amy was a, and Roy's mm-hmm. attention. Yeah, that was last season. That was a Laurel and Hardy. Uh, that was actually the, yeah. the season opener. That was the Impossible yeah, Astronaut yeah. when he was doing that, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, he, oh, he says he's a Sagittarius. Probably. <laughs> I love that they threw that in there just to be like, oh, oh no, this is like a huge, you know, like revelation about the history of the doctor. Probably. Probably. <laughs> like, so uh, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> maybe not. Um, I, I'm not 100% sure I understood what the Wikia was trying to say, but I think what it was saying was that uh, the, the debut episode, uh, An Unearthly Child, so the debut episode back mm-hmm. in 63, was would have aired in Sagittarius in the Sagittarius period of the year. So like if you, if that was your birthday, you would have been a Sagittarius. So this may have been a wink and a nod to that. Mm. Um yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so uh somebody uh, who was it? Sol- Solomon said very emotive words, doctor, and he said I'm a very emotive man, which I thought that was great. <laughs> and then uh okay, can uh can can we can we talk about let's this this needs to be a can we talk about section here and maybe we can roll this into your note below here Corbin we can talk about both of these but the doctor straight up murdered Solomon didn't he <laughs> yeah definitely. he straight up murdered him what he he's killed like, a triceratops so it's totally warranted he's like <laughs> you won't let me die walks out closes door watch me yeah right I mean just you know um I thought. I don't know. It was just, it was just, <sighs> it wasn't, I don't, uncharacteristic for sure. Well, but was it though? I mean, that's, it's, that's just what I'm saying. It's more this, of nine. This is honestly my biggest problem with, with Doctor Who, like on an ongoing basis, right behind his age. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. except that's just kind of like, ah, whatever. Uh, that's a number. This is like a major uh, characterization of, of this, of this great figure. And like, is he a pacifist? Is he against <laughs> violence? Is he against guns? Like, is he really like? Does he? Because like, also he will commit like genocide when he wants to. Yeah. Like if he's really angry. I mean, it's understandable with the Daleks because like they literally killed his entire species. But what about the Ragnos? Yeah. yeah. As Trip then constantly points out, he just drowning babies. babies for yeah. no reason. Yeah, because he was mad that day. Here he murders a man who. I don't know, killed a dinosaur and was trying to 
sell Queen Nefertiti. It's like, that's a bit extreme, Doctor. Yeah. Especially for you. I just, I don't know. I, I, I constantly, I constantly wrestle with this and go back and forth about this because it's one, it's one thing, okay, if we take New Who and then try and transpose that onto Classic Who and you can say, what was the deal with the third doctor being like James Bond, you know, and like just being all super agent, secret a, agent and killing people or whatever, if he even did. I don't yeah, know. It was definitely a different show from a different era. And that's my point so, is you yeah. can kind of say you can kind of on a production level write that off. Right. And just say that was maybe ah, like times the changed. 70s as so much older right now. And they even they even like will sometimes address that. Like I've, I've mentioned before that 12 meets one. And he is constantly uh, appalled by his 1960s chauvinism and 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 terrible behavior yeah. as now, as a now go make tea. Yeah, yeah exactly exactly no 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 you, you no, can't no. say that anymore. Um, there's that right where they kind of make fun of it, and that is that is a production that is an in universe recognition of the production level problem of we have a show that's been on the air for 50 years. Star Trek suffers from the same thing, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Kirk will straight up blow up a planet if he has to, but you know, later <laughs> Star Trek is like, eh, you know, peace at all costs. Um, but we're not what in we're cold do- war anymore. We can't just blow up our enemies. And <laughs> right. so. But what we're doing here is this is in new who. Yeah. I mean, it's just constantly back and forth. Um, tenant may have been the worst about this where he like, yeah, he straight up committed genocide against the Ragnos. He, um, like, tortured those three people in uh uh family family the yeah. family of blood yeah, family of blood it. yeah, yeah. We, which which we also always come back to in reference um he decided that the laws of time were his and no one can stop him and all this kind oh of stuff God, yeah. too far yeah going bananas at the end of his time um but it just it ah, i don't know it it bothers me and i don't know what to do with it um i will say that chibnall Okay, now I just realized I have another problem. Because I was about to say Chibnall in series 11 and 12 has has probably been much more consistent about 13 being a pacifist and peace at all costs and all those kinds of things. And then I just remembered who wrote this episode. Chibnall. Dang it. So what the heck? I don't know. I guess I guess at a certain point, you got to blow stuff up. You got to kill the bad guy. You got to do the, yeah. the typical... Western cultural hero thing, I guess. Like, and this has Man, been a I don't like that. Like this has been a problem ongoing for a while because it sort of started with what, like the seventh episode, uh, the one with the Dalek, where yeah, nine just loses it for no and reason. It's really. ca- it's ca- it's almost understandable because the defining characteristic of nine, which this, like you really can't appreciate honestly, for a few more episodes. Yeah. There is stuff coming down the road that will make nine make so much more sense because the stuff that he's dealing with, he's in, he, he, there are some people who call him like the PTSD doctor. Like he is just after a massive, massive trauma, yeah. right? And so you can almost maybe kind of sort of go, okay, you know, like, yeah, he lost it on the Daleks, right? Yeah. But then what if he had to turn around and done the same thing to, you know, your average Joe, right? Like Solomon is a human for that matter. <laughs> Just and, walk the poor random yeah. guy. Like seemingly yeah, yeah. a human. And the doctor is always the one going on about how humans are so great and just occasionally wrong. 
Right, right. So again, I, I really, I struggle with it. I, I, I don't know what to do with it. it. So Corbin, what did what did you have to say about uh, Solomon having the wrong name? Uh, they gave Solomon the wrong Bible name. How, what, what? What should it have been? Because they were on the Ark for the dinosaurs, so it should have. Just Are you saying Noah. he should have been Noah? Yeah. Why? <laughs> I really wish they had done that. That, that I, I kind of wish they did. I mean, except also. that he's not the one who created the ark. Yeah, but even still, <clears throat> like the guy that it is interesting. It is interesting that you have you do have a very definite Bible name of a character. Yeah. Excuse me, of a character in an episode featuring an ark in space. That is kind yeah. of an interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> parallel there. So, um, let's see. I did have one other. Can we talk about? Um, can we talk about? The doctor, uh, excuse me, can we talk about companions? Because uh, there was an interesting interaction <coughs> that just kind of got glossed over where Amy says, you know, like, who are they? What do you mean they're with you? Right. He's, he points he points at Nefertiti and John Riddell without introducing them yet and says, they're with me. Like, they're okay. They're with me. And she's like, what, what do you mean they're with you? Are they the new us? Is that why you haven't seen us before? Or, uh, seen us lately? And it's an interesting idea that Amy and Rory are, she thinks that he is literally weaning them off of him. I mean, that the, yeah. Huh? It's what do you think? what it seems like. Yeah. Like, I can get that from her point of view where, like, if it keeps being longer and longer between visits. Right. Kind of seems that way. And then suddenly he has these two other people. Yeah. What's that all about? And as far as she that knows. That he apparently has history with. Yeah. 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 He's had at least a adventure with both of them. Right. So I could get that from her point of view where it's like, yeah. is he trying to get rid of us maybe? Yeah. And I mean, at one point we he did. We did do the part where he... Like you literally, like you said, gave, said goodbye to them. And yeah. Like gave them a car or whatever. And then right. Just flew away. Yeah. 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 So. And it's almost like, um, the, the pond life almost doesn't make sense. Like he had said goodbye to them. So let's see. He dropped them off and said goodbye to them. Right. Then he what came happened? Came back. Then how did we end up? How did how did they end up involved with the wedding of River Song? That 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 so so he he dropped them off, said goodbye, right? Then we had uh, uh, the episode with Craig, mm -hmm. whatever that one was, closing time, and then the next episode was Wedding of River Song. How did they how did they get back into the mix? Was it simply because they bumped into each other in the alternate universe? Yeah. Okay. And then he sent the notes like, "Meet me here because I'm going to die." And. Well, no, that's how they first started. Oh, yeah, started. that's right. They weren't actually together in that episode. They they were together in the alternate universe or or whatever, where where time was dying and time had stopped and it was always 5.02 p.m. But then when they fixed everything, they weren't actually together anymore. You had, right? You had the replay, you had the replay of the, you had the replay of, of the impossible astronaut, right? He gets killed, mm -hmm. right? And then that's it. At the end of that, all they know is that the doctor is still alive. The doctor- They thought he was dead, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They did, and then River came and told him the truth. Yeah. So at the end of the episode, they thought he was dead and then find out from River that he wasn't, but the doctor thinks that they Think thought he was dead. dead. Yeah. And then so he, he said goodbye to them Christmas. kind of again. 
Huh? They shows up for Christmas. Yeah, during Just the Christmas episode. Randomly. Right. And 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 there was a there was a bit of a wink and a nod to, yeah, River told us. You know, like yeah. he's like, funny thing happened. You know, like, I didn't die. Um, so so we have that. So it's like, yeah, he gave he pretty much gave them up. So then all of a sudden he, he shows up for Christmas. Maybe that's the inciting incident then. Uh what's her name from the 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 widow the, from the, the doctor, widow, the widow yeah. in the wardrobe Said says go. Yeah, go yeah, go be with go be with your 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 friends or whatever. And he shows up and maybe I guess that's what kickstarts things. Yeah. Because then after that is when he's calling them every now and then and pawned life and picking yeah. them up every now and then and going on adventures and stuff. And then we end up now we're in series seven. All right. So that we mm-hmm. we've we've bridged the gap. So uh, but it definitely is interesting that he is uh that that she's picking up on these on these patterns and he has I'd say he has one of the weirdest relationships with these two companions out of all of New Who, where it's like he it's like he doesn't know how to quit them, right? Yeah. Like he wants to he wants to let them live their lives, right? Because yeah. one of the things he even said in this episode is yeah. y'all are like married and y'all should be having a family and all these kinds of things. And like John Riddell is just like a scout a scoundrel, you know, like I can just go off and have adventures with him or whatever, and it doesn't mm-hmm. it's not the same. Um, where it's not going to wreck his family and things like that. But he just kind of keeps coming back to them as well. Yeah. Like, this is a first for him because all of the other ones, all of his other companions, there's been a clean break where, like, for Rose, she gets trapped in another universe. Martha leaves and Donna literally can't, can't see remember. him ever again. Yeah, I mean, well, Martha, there wasn't a clean break. She like, said, it was, she, I'm leaving. It was easy for him. She said, I'm leaving, and then showed up three episodes later. Well, yeah. <laughs> and then she called up. him. But yeah. it's it, 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 it wasn't as hard for the doctor, because she gave him up. Yeah, that's Instead true. of the other that's way true. around. That's true, yeah. Where that's the yeah. doctor has to give yeah, him up. Yeah, where he's trying to, and they don't want it. Yeah. Like, they want to keep traveling. They don't want to be. And he knows it's best right. that they're not there anymore. Yeah. Because and I, and I go back again to the line that he says, uh, you know, what, what's the alternative? Me standing over your grave, you know, standing over your broken body, you know. So yeah. um, he's, he's constantly fighting that and not wanting to, but also not wanting to leave them behind. He even says to them, they're not you, they're not pawns, right? Uh, I was, yeah. It's a complicated relationship. Guys, I wanted to remind you again also that Noobs in the Whovian is brought to you by listeners like Victor and Jared. If you're finding value in what we do, if we help you enjoy your enjoyment even more and you want to give a little bit of value back, here's what you can do. Head over to patreon.com slash noobs and the Whovian and becoming a, uh, become a supporting patron of family-friendly independent media today. All right, so that brings us down to our classic Who connection. Let's hear what Jared has to say about dinosaurs on a spaceship. Hello, noobs in the Whovian. This is Jared with your classic Who connections for dinosaurs on a spaceship. So the Silurians, if we go back to the third Doctor serial, Doctor Who and the Silurians, we will see that the Silurians used dinosaurs as forms of protection for their cities and things. And so uh, the dinosaurs, we, we know that they were around, of course, at the same time as dinosaurs from that, but also that they 
is domesticated the right term? They domesticated dinosaurs to use them for protection. Uh, that's yeah, I guess that works. We we do that with dogs. So yeah, so they domesticated them. So naturally, if they were to build an ark to go out and save their race, they would have dinosaurs on the spaceship with them. Uh, so this is also the the third time now that the doctor says that the TARDIS is not a taxi service. I know I mentioned this before, but once again, the first time he said it was as the fifth doctor, and he said it to Adric, who wanted to go back to his home planet and home dimension, too. And so the doctor was not too thrilled about that. Uh, Humans use the same idea to have an arc that you launch into space to preserve the human race. They actually used it a couple of times, way, way out in the future. The Doctor runs into this twice. The first time was as the first Doctor in the serial, The Ark. He lands on a giant ark where humans are preserving the human race. And then as the fourth Doctor, he lands on an ark in the creatively titled The Ark in Space serial. So that's... This is a common theme, or or not a common, but a reoccurring theme throughout Doctor Who, to have uh, the need to preserve life or a race, and so we build a giant spaceship and launch it out there. The Fifth Doctor saw the demise of the dinosaurs in the serial Earthshock. Now, the dinosaurs were wiped out because a spaceship crashed into Earth. That was because of the Master's meddling. And so the spaceship crashed into Earth, and this was also, if you remember the .5 episode where I talked about Adric, uh, that was the episode where Adric dies. So that was one of the few times that the Doctor lost a companion there. And so the spaceship is headed towards Earth, and they are able to at least send it way back in time so it doesn't kill off all the humans but it does kill off all the dinosaurs, which is not what the Silurians thought in Doctor Who and the Silurians. They thought that a meteor was coming in, which is why this ark, if I've understood all the timelines correctly, why this ark was built uh, for some of the Silurians there. Also, as you remember from other uh, episodes and storylines, why they tunneled into the center of the earth and built some. There multiple Silurians diverged. Uh, is is kind of the idea, and uh, went out in various means to preserve the race. And so this is, the Ark is out there because this meteor is going to come and just wipe out all life on Earth. Well, that meteor never hits Earth. It misses Earth and starts to orbit Earth and becomes the moon. So it, it didn't happen that, any, that a meteor crashed in Earth. According to Doctor Who, it was a spaceship. And finally... The third Doctor encountered dinosaurs in the serial Invasion of the Dinosaurs. And he too, in that serial, was very careful not to harm or kill any of the dinosaurs. So, I had fun with this one. It was supposed to be a fun romp. It was supposed to balance out the serious and kind of creepy factor of the season opener with uh, the Asylum of the, of the Daleks. And so... I thought they did a good job of having fun with it. I liked the two comedic robots. Uh, just just the title kind of sets this one up that it's going to be a, a bit of a zany romp uh, for an episode. And I did enjoy that, but 
maybe I just like the more serious ones better, or maybe I just, it just didn't connect with me. But so this wasn't one of my top episodes. 7.5 seemed too low, 8 seemed too high, so I'm going to give it 7.75 stunned raptors. And I think that's about how many raptors there were on set uh, when they were all stunned there. And then finally, for a creep level, didn't find it all that creepy. I don't think it was meant to be all that creepy. So I'll just give it 75 creep levels for the idea that you're uh, humans trapped on a spaceship with live dinosaurs roaming about. All right. Thank you to the TARDIS Wikia, and thank you to Noobs and the Whovian for having me on. And I look forward to bringing you more Classic Who Connections next time. All right, so that brings us down to our overall impressions trip. What do you got? Um, this one was pretty good. It was like, I don't know. I think it was kind of rushed. Like, we got introduced to so many different things. Like It, it was a lot that we covered. Yeah, like, a lot of great ones. And there was the random thing about them getting split up on, like, the beach and stuff. Like, that didn't have to happen at all. It was just so they could get split up and end up in separate pathways. But there, there was easily yeah. another way of doing that. Um, I thought I was fascinated by the whole idea of them being in a spaceship where there was like, like there was a beach with waves, <laughs> like tides <laughs> coming in. I thought that was amazing. Bring us to the engines. Oh, it's hydropowered. Of yes, hydropowered. <laughs> yeah, very. I should have known. All right. So what does that? Uh, what does that bring you to then? Give it eight point five evil doctors. E- evil? Cause he uh, what? Cause oh, because he, he murdered killed Solomon. the guy. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. all right, Corbin. Uh, well, I was gonna give it a seven because it was what felt a little lackluster to me. It was yeah. fun, but it wasn't great. But it, they just needed more time. I, I keep tripping up on this the fact that he mm-hmm. just straight up killed Solomon. Yeah, <laughs> in the most doesn't yeah. heartless way. This is almost rubbing it in to a degree of like, haha, you're gonna die. Yeah. You're also crippled, so you can't do anything <laughs> about it. So, so I he just, murdered a cripple. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah. Wow. I'm just. And I'm he's go, happy about it. I'm go with six pterodactyls. Six pterodactyls. Oh, those, pterodactyls. Are actually, pterodactyls. those are actually uh, uh, pteranodons. Pterodactyls is the hardest thing to spell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. This was. Uh, I mean, it's not. It wasn't my favorite. Was my favorite episode. Um, it was it was fun to try really hard to come up with a good reason for three grown men to ride a triceratops. Uh, <laughs> they didn't do it very well. It was horribly either. horribly contrived. They could have they just got ran. There. It would have been so much better. Uh, it yeah, would have been especially faster. with all the time they wasted. All the time that they sat there yeah. trying to figure out how to make it move. Yeah. How, how do you turn on? You turn on a triceratops <laughs> or start up, yeah. That's what. We're, uh, so and I'm the a, whole chasing the ball thing, like uh, yeah, that Corbin, Corbin could not get over that. There was enough grass on these golf balls mm-hmm. that a ter- triceratops could smell it. Like not uh, to mention it, like conveniently bounces around all the corners. Like right. it was just instead so of hitting a dead the, end wall, it was just so they could make back, the joke. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was also fantastic. Uh, so I'm going to give it uh, seven out of ten dinosaurs on a spaceship. Just I want to count that. of how many times you've said that this uh, episode. It's four. It's four so far. No, uh, it's more than that. <laughs> uh, Trip, what about the uh, creep factor, creep level? I don't know. There I, think it's time, I think it's time we refresh our, our uh, remind our listeners on why we give it a creep level out of 500. Because that goes 
back way on like, back to series yeah. one yeah where we were on episode i can never six. remember exactly what it was i need to just write this in the notes it was like base station six or base station five yeah. Yeah. or game platform five or i don't know something it was that, two, was, that was, it was the second version of it. yeah 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 i can never remember it showed up one. twice with right. different names uh it was the one with uh with uh uh the uh, forehead guy <laughs> oh yeah no but i was thinking of of um the, Max of oh, Jaggerfest. Jaggerfest. The, yeah. the mighty Jaggerfest of the, the Holy Holy, Rex- Hag- Holy Hagedistic Max like that. That's the one, yeah. Some, or as I like to call him, Max. Pretty much the reason we started the Jibberty Jabberty section. <laughs> I think so, yeah. 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 Uh, so at any rate, there were 500 uh, floors or levels on that spaceship, and everybody thought number 500, if you got promoted up to level 500, it was the walls were made out of gold. But it was actually the scariest <laughs> Yeah, it was nastiest full of dead thing. people and ah, jump scares dead was pretty much all of it. So and that became the basis of our creep level rating. Yes, and it was freezing cold. So apparently that was a pivotal episode because it added several things it, to our yeah, apparently. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, like the, I guess the scariest things would be silly robots and kind of friendly dinosaurs. Yeah. Like yeah. they never even, really did anything. It's even like, the raptors oh, were pterodactyls. What are we gonna do? Yeah, like even when they were facing down the raptors, they had guns. So <laughs> yeah, meh. Right. so I'm gonna Who just cares? give it 75 out of 500 creep levels. I'm gonna go a bit higher than that. 186. I don't know. Based Crazy. on I don't know things trying to bite your face the off. The pteranodons. <laughs> Is that the sound they make? Yeah. That's the sound they made when they were trying to bite Brian's face off. <laughs> All right, Cor- Corbin, what about you? Uh, I don't know. Solomon was kind of weird and creepy. He was dude. a little bit. He had scars on his face and stuff. And mm-hmm. <laughs> also creepy. And uh, <laughs> there's, there's, um, he got bit up by a rock. It was like Argus Filch with scars. I mean, whoa. There was a blade things, like blade crutches. He was oh, yeah, those were kind of weird. Actually blades. Kind of like crazy. Those. But uh, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go 100. All right. Uh, any theories you guys want to delve into? I don't really. Are there I think. Any I think Queen Nefertiti and the other guy, John, is that his name? They're John Riddell. Be around John for Riddell. a few more episodes. You think so? I do because you told us. I don't. <laughs> okay. Corbin, uh, trip brother. Uh, I don't have anything. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, um, there's obviously there's not as much of the overarching story arc that we've introduced so far. I think there might be, I, I haven't watched series seven for a little while and um, I, there's some big, big stuff coming at the end of this series, but I don't know how much we really tap into it leading up to, but I could be misremembering because while I've seen series six, like five or six times, I've seen yeah. series seven once. So, <laughs> or like one and a half. Like I've watched the first couple of episodes of it, uh, about a year or two ago, but, um, at any rate, so we'll, we'll just, as, as things come up and I remember, then we'll dive into those. So, uh, the game plan then is that next week we're continuing with series seven with, uh, an, a interesting episode where we're going to go, we're going to go wild west, uh, with a town called mercy. So y'all saw in the next time, you know, the doctor wearing a Stetson and it's in the wild west. And it's I love a, a Stetson. Yeah. Love a Stetson. I wear a Stetson now. Stetsons are cool. So, um, that's, uh, that's an interesting episode coming up. So, you know, obviously we're going to have a gunslinger, but he's a cyborg gunslinger, you know, and so it's a gunslinger, <laughs> except he's a Gallifreyan Brit or British Gallifreyan. One of the two. 
He's a, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, he's a, he's a what now? Yeah. Uh, so then after that, we're hitting the power of three and then the angels take Manhattan, which is the mid season finale. And after that, we'll be doing a fifth doctor, uh, classic who rewind, which, uh, we're going to be care, <clears throat> excuse me, covering the caves of Androzani. So, uh, that is, if memory serves, that's like one of like the best stories in Doctor Who. Um, so we did Genesis of the Daleks, which is has been ranked as, you know, the best uh, time and time again. And then Caves of Androzani, which I believe, I believe is the fifth Doctor's last story. So we're going to, yeah. we're going to catch the tail end of the fifth Doctor. We're going to see him fully developed uh, as a, as a Doctor and, and catch that. And then we will be off onto uh, the, the Christmas special and the rest of series seven and then uh, on into the 50th anniversary stuff. So mm-hmm. it's going to be uh, it's going to be a fun couple of weeks. So uh, make sure that you are watching watching along with us and uh, send us your uh, send us your feedback. You can find us at facebook.com slash noobs in the Whovian or twitter.com slash noobs Whovian where you can direct message us at either one of those or email us at noobs in the Whovian at gmail.com. Uh, make sure that you consider supporting us at patreon.com slash noobs and the Whovian. You can find all these links, uh, including uh, additional stuff like our show notes over at noobsandthewhovian.com because Noobs and the Whovian is a production of Master Closet Studios where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Our audio engineer is that guy. And I'm Trip. Our production editor is the other guy. And I'm Corbin. Special thanks to tardis.wikia.com for the trivia. Thanks to Jared, as always, for the Classic Who connection. And then shout-outs to Victor and Jared for their Patreon support. So wherever you found us, make sure that you like us, give us a review, subscribe us, uh, subscribe us, subscribe, subscribe to us, subscribe throw us. some stars at our face, share us with a friend, not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. Until next time, my name is Austin. I'm the Hoobie, and these are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're the noobs. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Be whip. We're going. What? Live to hard drive.